This is the Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hyde. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. Another fun Monday episode pulled from Instagram Live. You can tune into those live when you just find my profile, Lindsay Hine 626 And we have just been doing some fun catch-up episodes after races. And this week, this is episode 371 on the podcast. And my guest is Lindsay Flanagan. Lindsay Flanagan had herself a day at the New York City Half Marathon. She was the top American to cross the finish line, and she was fifth place overall. Lindsay runs for ASICS. She has been on the podcast before. She was episode 226 on the podcast back in, oh gosh, her episode aired February 14th, 2020. Little did we know what was ahead. Um, She is a top 10 finisher at the Boston Marathon and the Chicago Marathon. She has a marathon PR of 2.28, and after this race, so this race in New York City for the half marathon, she is headed actually today as we speak, and when this episode airs, she will already be in Paris. She's competing at the Paris Marathon, going after a big PR there, and she is ready to go and ready to make something happen in Paris. You will hear about that in this episode, and also, this is fun, Lindsay gives you some tips for the Boston Marathon coming up because after all, she knows the course well. She's run the course three times. She's participated in the race twice and she placed ninth at Boston in 2019. So Lindsay knows what's up. If you enjoy these episodes, leave us a rating and review so other people can hear about it and hopefully find this podcast. These episodes that I pull from Instagram Live, the audios, ah, it's so-so, but... I have heard from people that they would prefer that we pull them and put them up here. So just know that these Monday episodes from Instagram Live, the audio is a little bit subpar. They are interruption free though. So at the top of the show, I do want to go ahead and just thank a sponsor who has been continuously supporting the show. And that's Koala Clip. If you are trying to figure out a way to carry your phone or your key or your ID when you're out for a run, you need the Koala Clip. It's so easy. It doesn't jostle around. You just clip it into your sports bra and it just stays put and it doesn't get sweaty or gross. They also have tights and t-shirts and sweatshirts. And my new favorite is their sports bra. Oh my goodness, you guys, this is my favorite sports bra I wear every time it's clean. It is called the Wren Sports Bra. This material is so good. So you can go support Christina. She is the founder of Koala Clip. She is a female-owned small business, and you should definitely go support her. Go to koalaclip.com and use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. All right, friends. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Lindsay Flanagan. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. It's, I feel like it's been a while. I feel like, like the last time we chatted was maybe 2019. Yeah, it's been far too long. Pre-pandemic times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much life has happened. So much life has happened. So much has changed. So much has not, but it's fun to be back. So you're, are you back in Boulder? 
I am. I flew back really. We had a really quick turnaround right after the race yesterday. We were on a like a three o'clock flight back. So I got back here pretty quickly. Um, and then I'm kind of, uh, it's going to be a quick turnaround. I'm leaving again Thursday for another big race. Okay. I'm super excited to hear about this, like running such a stellar effort at the half and then going into the Paris marathon and like your strategy there and all of that. Um, but first tell us about the race. Like tell us about the New York city half marathon, what your goals were going into it and how it went. Yeah, it was it was so fun to be back there. Actually, the last time they had the race was 2019, and I, I actually ran it then. But uh, the energy there is just incredible. And anytime you get to run in New York, it's so fun. So, um, you know, I've never done a, a race two weeks out from a marathon, but it's something we planned for this kind of whole buildup. And I, I thought, you know, if you're going to do a really hard effort at home anyways, like I think going to a race and doing it there is is way more fun. So kind of the, the strategy was, you know, my coach said, you know, you have to stay within yourself the whole time and make sure that you never feel like, you know, you're like going a little too hard because you want to save it for, for race day. And I was like, okay, that's for the, for Paris in two weeks. So I was like, all right, that's a good way to go in. So really, um, you know, the race is, it's pretty up and down, pretty hilly, but just kind of stayed at the back of like the main pack for, you know, the first couple miles. And then, uh, there was a bit of a breakaway and then, um, you know, the four women up front went, but then we kind of had a, a large pack together. So a lot of us women like working together, um, there was a couple of times where I, I really wanted to push it maybe around eight miles. And I was like, okay, you know, you need to hold back a little bit and, and again, like save it, uh, you know, for two more weeks. But yeah, I, I kind of looked around it in 10 miles and I realized no one else was really around anymore. And I was like, all right, well, I know we're almost done and I've run this race before and I know that you're going to have a little bit of an uphill and then you're going to go into central park. So I was like, I'm just going to use the momentum. Like you run through times square and people are going crazy. So you automatically pick it up a little bit, but I think my last, uh, like three miles were some of my fastest. So I think that's a good, good sign. And I felt really comfortable doing it. So I'm, I'm really excited for what that means, you know, for the future. Yeah, that's so exciting for Paris. How hard is that, though, to be like, okay, I'm going at this, like, almost max effort, but not max effort, because this isn't the A goal. But like, I want to put it all out there because I'm placing pretty high right now. Yeah, it's it's so hard where, you know, I had I was like constantly checking in with myself the whole way. You're like, okay, does this feel comfortable? You're like, yeah, this feels controlled. Like my breathing feels good. And then, you know, my coach should say, she's like, all right, you know, if you're feeling good the last little bit, like push it up, push it a bit more. And, you know, I think it was like reassuring. I, at this point now I've been doing this so long, you can read your body really well. And I was like, okay, things are feeling good. So I can just ride this to the finish. And it was, I didn't actually know how many people were in front of me at all. Cause I knew there was a bit of a breakaway. Then I finished and uh, they were like, oh, you were fifth. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's amazing. I'm, I'm super thrilled with that. That is so awesome. Okay, so who's coaching you? Um, Benita Willis. She is based in Australia. She was absolutely incredible runner um, for Australia. She's run everything from 222. She's run a 67 half, 31, 10K. So it's it's really incredible having a coach that's so experienced and has done this herself. Um, so it's uh, I trust what she tells me, and I just go out there and do it. <laughs> Okay, so how long has she been coaching you? She has been coaching me since uh, last July. So relatively new. I was coaching myself uh, for about 
six to eight months before that. And then I just, you know, decided it's, you, everyone needs a coach. It's, it's really helpful. So I uh, reached out to her and it's a super easy transition and it's been fun working with her. I feel like she trusts me a lot. I trust her and I feel like we work together pretty well. Like, how did you even pick her out or how did you start pursuing that? I know it's, it's kind of funny. So I, you know, I, I started looking for coaches and there's, there's just like, you know, not that many, you know, female coaches. And I, you know, I knew that she, she did a lot of training in Boulder, um, you know, as her time as a professional and my agent actually knew her while she was out here in Boulder. And I just asked him, I was like, Hey, do you mind reaching out to Benita asking her if she'd be interested in, in coaching me? And, uh, he put us in contact and we had, you know, a couple chats on the phone and it seemed like a really good fit. And, uh, we just kind of took it from there. Is your agent Josh Cox? Um, it's Brendan Riley. He's oh, based Riley. in Boulder. Yeah, he, he works with Diane Nikori, uh, Edna Kibblegan. He has like all of the, the Japanese runners. So he's been doing this forever. And uh, yeah, he was really helpful kind of in putting us, you know, in touch together. I saw the picture after the race with you and Edna. Yes, it's it's been fun. She's out here in Boulder now. So we meet up for runs. I get her to run in the snow with me, uh, which she doesn't love. But honestly, she's not from the snowy parts of the world. So I feel like I'm, I'm helping her uh, get more used to that. Yeah, that's so awesome. It has to feel pretty cool to run with Edna Kiplagat. She's pretty legendary. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm like constantly asking her questions and, and talking to her about her experiences. And, and she told me that she had, you know, her best running years from 30 to 40. So I'm like, okay, I, this gives me hope. And honestly, she was second at, you know, Boston Marathon last year in like over 40. So she's still very much, you know, crushing it. So I, I like learning from her. Yeah, I was just talking to my husband about Edna last night. It's it's so cool to see what she's doing. How old are you, Lindsay? I am 31. Okay, so like the world, like you have the whole world ahead of you. <laughs> that is what I like to think. Exactly. I'm like, we're just getting started. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as you said, like Edna, 30 to 40, she said those were her best years. And then you see what Sarah Hall and Kira D'Amato have done. Does that get you fired up? It really does. And and I think it, it kind of takes away the pressure of any one race because I'm like, I, I plan on doing this for a really long time. Like th the, the next race isn't going to be the last one, or at least you hope it's not for some reason. So I think when you have like a more long-term approach, like you're able to enjoy it a lot more because you don't, everything doesn't ride on, you know, one day. You're like, I, I plan on doing this for quite a while. So just like keep chipping away to and seeing what they've, you know, accomplished. It's, it's pretty incredible. Okay, but talk to, talk about that a little bit because I know you didn't have a great race in Chicago last year and you kind of had to like deal with the sting of that. But also, as I think about that, I'm also hearing what you're saying. Like it's not any one race that makes your career or anything like that. But how do you kind of walk through those feelings of, uh, but hope that, hey, I've got another race coming up. Yeah, I think, I mean, every time you run a marathon, you learn like something and Chicago was such a disappointment, but I, I kind of learned that I put way too much emphasis, even from like the start of the buildup on hitting, you know, this exact time in the race. And I was so obsessed with, you know, hitting that time that I didn't, you know, adapt my race strategy at all or, or anything because, you know, I trained to run that pace. I was going to go out and do it. And obviously I didn't do that and didn't even come close to it. So 
Um, yeah, I think I just learned, um, I run way better when I'm not obsessing over a time and I'm competing like really similar to, you know, even yesterday in New York. So, um, this buildup, like, I feel like it's gone really well and I feel really fit, but never once have I like obsessed over like, I'm going to hit this exact time on race day. Cause I don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, so I think, yeah, Chicago definitely stung a little bit, but it, it got me fired up for, um, this, you know, this year, this season. And I know I have a lot of great races in me, so it's just a matter of when they come out. Of course. Yeah. It was so stinking hot. <laughs> it was very hot. I, I crumbled in the heat as I think a lot of people did, but I, I think it was about 15 K and I, I felt like my race was done. It was just very early in a marathon <laughs> to feel done. So long. <laughs> it, was, it was a really long trek to the finish. Um, so yeah, that one was brutal, but, uh, but yeah, it makes the good days so much better after you've had a race like that. Okay. I'm mm. super curious though. That's so early 15 K in a marathon. Like yeah. how do you, how did you mentally walk yourself through? I'm going to finish this dang race regardless. Yeah. I mean, I think I just kept thinking about all of the training, you know, I had put in for this race and I, I was so committed to that, that training. And I, I knew that I had run those paces in practice. So I was like, you can do this. Like it might not be pretty, but you can get through this. And I'm also from Chicago. So I had so many, you know, family mm -hmm. friends on the course. So honestly, I don't know if it wasn't for them. I don't know. I might've been out there even longer, but just like having them at, you know, different checkpoints, like they were in Chinatown, like going crazy when I was really not happy. So it was, I think, honestly, I give them a lot of credit for getting me through that race. Yes. Fans don't ever think your cheers don't matter. They, they very much matter. We see the signs we hear, we hear it all. So it, it makes a difference. Okay. So let's talk about New York to Paris now. First, why Paris? Why did you choose that race? Yeah, you know, I love the majors and, you know, I've done Boston, I've done Chicago, um, but I just felt like this year I needed to do something different. Like coming off Chicago, I was like, I just need to pick something totally different and something that really excites me. And, you know, Paris, it's, I'm sponsored by ASICS. It's an ASICS race. I was like, how incredible go over there, you know, be at an ASICS race and, and honestly do something I've never done before. Like I, I didn't know much about the course even before I chose it, but I, it sounded exciting. And, you know, then I started to look more at it and, you know, it seems like it's flat, but there's going to be some, you know, hills in there. And I love like, you know, some hills and up and down kind of in a race. And I, I talked to my agent. We're like, okay, this is it. Like, I, I really want to do this one. So I think sometimes you just have to follow your gut. Like if it's telling you to go somewhere and, and do something you haven't done before, then it, you might be worth it to go and try it. So that is, it was, yeah, it was probably a different, um, decision. But I also think it's it's cool when you see Americans going to these international races doing really well. So, you know, after, you know, seeing how well people have been doing, I kind of wanted to do something like that. Do you know anybody else going out there from America to do the race? I, I don't. I actually, I don't have a ton of info yet. I don't even know who's in the field yet, which, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know who's doing it yet, but they always put together a, a really strong field. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will be very competitive and, and good. Okay. So are you doing things differently at all for this training cycle? Yeah, I think this training cycle, I've definitely run more miles than I have in the past. Um, we didn't change, you know, anything too much. Um, winter is always, you know, it always brings its challenges with the weather. So I think I had to be like 
pretty flexible. Like if I had to change days around or, or whatnot, if there's like ice on the roads, but, um, but yeah, I would just say in general, I think this is the most consistent high mileage I've run, like, you know, probably eight weeks and 120 miles and just finished probably up my biggest block, uh, last week. So I, I didn't even know how I was going to feel going into New York after that. So, um, yeah, I just think the consistent bigger miles have, have felt good and the long run paces have been faster than before. So I'm, I'm feeling good going into it. Okay. So biggest week going into the half. Um, I had three weeks at 120, one week at 110, and then last week was the the race. I, I can't even remember what I ran last week. But, yeah, so came off my biggest kind of block, and my biggest workout was a week before uh, the half. So uh, so I'm feeling good how I kind of came off that block. And then, um, you know, even not being fully tapered, uh, was able to have a pretty good day. So, Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like – that I feel like my legs would be so tired for that race. And so that's like, that's such a, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I, we get really good. I think it's just like running on tired legs and you're like, Oh, this is the new normal. This is just how I feel. Um, so, so yeah, I think that I, I had like two, two easy days before the half and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little more, you know, pep in my step. Yeah. Oh, uh, Shawana in the comments says Allie Kiefer will be in Paris. There you go. So there will be two of us. There we go. At least one other person there. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, talk to us about maybe you can give us some tips on running on tired legs. Yeah, I think I I think a lot of it is like, you know, we all have these sessions that we have like specific paces we want to hit. But for me, like it tends to take me like, you know, it takes me maybe if I'm doing a long tempo, at least like two or three miles to get into things. So I think just like letting your body, you know, warm up into things on tired legs and, and really pushing like the back end of your session and making that kind of be the strongest, which is one really good race prep, you know, to finish strong, but also just not to panic if, you know, you start a session and the first couple reps, you're like, oh, I'm like way off pace. But again, like sometimes it takes me a couple and I'm like, wow, I feel like a totally different runner. And then you end up feeling really strong. So don't be discouraged if it takes a little bit to kind of get things going. I love that advice. It's such a jolt to the system. Like mm -hmm. even when you go from like just warming up to a tempo pace, that's not supposed to feel super difficult. It's just like you're jolted into it and you're like, whoa, can I do this for so long? So I love that advice of easing into it. And everybody, we want to go faster at the start because that's the more <laughs> yeah. pressure but it's like and the older we get the longer it takes to ease into it exactly and I think my coach has kind of taught me that like every single session it's always like okay like first two are at this and then you can cut it down from there so I think she knows me now to be like okay you need like two reps to get in and now like we start like pushing it so yeah um so you leave for Paris on Thursday Yes, I'm leaving Thursday. I, I typically don't go over uh, to Europe quite this early, but uh, talking to my coach, she she recommended getting over there. And because it's an ASICS race, they actually are letting me, they kind of organize that I can stay. They have this huge like national kind of Olympic training sports center. So I'm going to stay there for six days and then I'll go to the host hotel uh, the Thursday before the race. So I feel like I'll be in good hands for those 10 days. So exciting. Is this the... Like, does ASIC sponsor any other big marathons? They do. They're, they have, like, a whole kind of host of races uh, this year. But this was the one main one in the spring. So that's why I chose chose this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm super grateful that they've been so accommodating and have really helped me. Honestly, I haven't had to even think about that much with the travels. They did it all and got it set for me. So I'm I'm really excited to get over there. 
ASICS has such a good group of women. Yes, it is. I mean, there's Sarah, Diane, Emma, uh, McKenna. It's it's really fun. And we were actually all in New York. So I feel like anytime we're at a race together, you're like, oh, I get to see all my friends too. Yeah, it seems like they keep the roster like fairly small, mm -hmm. but y'all are close. And it's so fun to see everything that they're doing. Yeah, it's great. Um, I actually, I went to Flagstaff last year and stayed with Diane last winter. Uh, we did a lot of training together. So yeah, we're all good friends. Um, and the running world is so small. So again, anytime we all get to see each other, you're like, oh, this is just like, you know, it's so great. Tell us who you're doing a lot of your training with. I know we mentioned Edna. Who else yeah. are you doing lots of runs with? Oh, well, I do. I'm actually, I uh, live with my sister and I'm coaching her for Boston. Uh, so we do a lot of uh, like easy runs together and, and long runs. And then most of my workouts are actually um, all solo, which I think is good prep for the marathon when you're out there just kind of, you know, a lot of times you find yourself by yourself. So workouts are normally solo, but then yeah, I run with my sister a lot. Um, Laura Thweet, meet up with her, uh, Bria. Uh, we have like a very nice like group of a lot of women in Boulder. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a, it is a really good place to train. So do you show up at the track all by yourself and are there people there as well? Or are you just like all alone? Yeah. I mean, you, the best part is like, you never really feel like you're training alone. Cause there's always yeah. somebody there. So yeah, I was, uh, at the track even, I think it was like two weeks ago, the whole on team was there. Okay. Um, so again, like, yeah, I might be out there by myself, but I'm like, Oh, you know, there are people watching though. So you still have to do a good job. So <laughs> it kind of holds you accountable. Okay, tell me about the track situation, though. Like, do you always go to the same track? And, like, do you have to, like, be with a certain group to get on the track? What does that look like? Yeah, well, actually, this winter, I mean, I will say it has been very cold and snowy here. So I was only like, to, able to get on the track, like, a handful of times just because there was so much ice. So I've done most of my, like, interval work on the road. But um, we have only, like, one or two tracks that will let you be on there during school hours. And the rest of them... Uh, you pretty much have to be off like by, you know, 830 or you can go on after three. But we do have a few that let you on. Um, but again, it, it wasn't even an issue this winter because you couldn't get on if you wanted to because there was just too much snow. <laughs> Has it been that much more brutal than normal years? I feel like it was more, we have this joke, my sister and I, that it snows every single Tuesday or Wednesday, and that's always like a workout day. <laughs> so it's more like it snows and then it melts, but then it just does it again. So you kind of feel like you're in this cycle where you're like, well, it just kind of just keeps happening. So it always feels like it's around. So when your sister does workouts, do you do those? I know she's not running at your speed. So do you do those with her, kind of like run with her at all? Uh, we warm up and cool down together, okay. but yeah, the workouts are, are different. Um, but yeah, still fun again to have somebody out there. Um, and you know, we pass by each other, which is, you know, it's nice. So she'll go with you and do her own workout and you yes. guys separate. What, so what, what is she training at? Like, what is she trying to run in Boston? Yeah, well, she's doing great. She actually, um, I want to say it was two weeks ago. She just ran a five minute, uh, half marathon PR. She just ran 72. So oh, really, wow. really, really fast. I know I was so excited. So, um, I'm, she also ran Chicago, but again, it was a really rough day for a lot of us. So I think she can definitely run under 240 in Boston. And I'm actually going to go there as a spectator to, uh, to cheer on, uh, this year because I'll be done with my race. So That'll I think it's so fun. I know I'm like, I've never come to Boston and not been racing. So I think it'll be a totally different experience, but but really fun, but I need to figure out where to stand on the course because it's point to point, and I've just never had to think about these logistical kind of things. 
it'll be so fun to be there. Like after your race, you're done with, with your big performance. And now you can yes. spectate and cheer. I didn't know your sister was that fast. I know. I'm so impressed. She has really improved a lot. And I mean, she juggles a full-time job too. So it's, it's cool to see that. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Boston. I mean, even, you know, all the U S women in general, you've seen the field, I'm sure it's, yeah. it's pretty stacked. So it'll be cool to, to see that. What have you done with her training to knock off so much time? Five minutes and a half is a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think she's just also been able to finally like consistently run like a little bit more volume, uh, like just really been able to have like, you know, like get on I think, you know, hills are so I mean, Boston's a hilly course, but you know, that strength carries over to, you know, being pretty speedy. So I think all of that has, you know, really just like all combined really helped her. And, you know, she's getting on like, you know, getting in speed work again. Cause I think even if you're going to run a marathon, you got to incorporate some of that faster stuff. But, but yeah, I, I coach um, a bunch of athletes. I probably have a, maybe 10 that are running Boston as well. So it'll be fun to see them too. So I plan on kind of like staying in one spot maybe and just seeing like everybody run through. <laughs> yeah. Is it with uh, Ron Doyen? Is that where you do the coaching? Yes. Yeah. Through there. So uh, I've, yeah, a lot of people prepping. Um, I feel like everyone's kind of in their final, you know, two more hard weeks and then they start to taper. What's your, so Lindsay's, uh, what did you place eighth in Boston one year, right? I believe I was ninth in, uh, 2019. Okay. Ninth. I knew it was top 10. What is your best advice to someone running the Boston marathon? Yeah, I think just, you know, if you you still have time in your training, like just make sure you're ready for the downhills. And then I think just be conservative that first half. And the real race doesn't start till mile 17. Like once you see that firehouse like on the corner and you start the hills, like that's where the race starts. And that's where you can like, I mean, if you're fit and you've like conserved energy, you're going to be ready to roll and you're going to be just like picking people off that went out a little bit too hard. And and I think the second time I ran it, which was 2019, I had that experience, like felt great by the time I got there and had a really fun second half. So uh, save it for the second half, I always say. <laughs> Listen, though, I, I feel like people struggle because that first 10K is so significantly downhill. And if it's your first Boston, you don't even realize like how bad, how bad, how bad the downhill is. <laughs> so like, how do you, how do you mentally control yourself when like really you, you could just fly? I know. I always tell athletes, like, okay, like, I need you, like, uh, normally, like, in a marathon, like, yeah, you want to be dialed into your splits, but that's a pretty, Boston is when you want to, like, just make sure, like, even the first 5K is that, like, you might be, like, a tiny bit quicker because you're going down, but yeah. really just don't let it get away from you and be too significant. And if you have, like, it's more once you hit that, like, kind of flat around mile seven, like that's where you really just need to adjust. You're like, okay, I need to dial it back and kind of just make up for maybe going out a little, you know, too, uh, too quickly. Yeah. Cause I do feel like it's hard because you're like, okay, I'm not pushing it, but I'm just going downhill. So I'm like, my body's kind of just like propelling itself forward. Yeah. And, and it's more just like the strain on the quads. We're like, mm. oh no, when you're going down that quickly, your quads can, can take a bit of a beating early. And the first time I ran Boston, I wasn't really ready for those downhills. So my quads really experienced that early on, but, um, but yeah, training differently the second time around helped and like just also not going out crazy fast on that first 10 K. So do you have like a specific, I know obviously people should practice like 
running downhill and then running up, like running downhill the first half of long runs and then going up. But do you have a specific like strength workout that you think is really good for quads? Yeah, like uh, a running like strength workout. Yeah, or just like lifting weights or something, anything to like strengthen the quads oh, yeah. for that like shred you feel. Yeah, especially like, in your first Boston. Boston, I would say, is one that you really want to make sure you're doing like strength training for, like any sort of like squats, lunges, like get in the hex bar, anything like that. And and I've even been doing a lot of those for you know like just all of my marathon training, but Boston specifically, yeah, any of those exercises in the gym, like just, just do it. Like I know I hate going to the gym. I'll say it's probably my least favorite part of training more just because I love to run and I don't really, I just, I don't know. I don't love the strength, but it's so worth it. I mean, even if you can only get in there once a week, like it can make a really big difference. You didn't know this was going to be a Boston grill section, did you? <laughs> I mean, I love talking about Boston, so I could I could chat Boston all day. <laughs> well, I did I didn't anticipate it, but then I was like, oh my gosh, you ran so well in Boston, and you're coaching all these athletes plus your sister. So I was like, let's just pick her brain a little bit yes. on this. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I've I've run the course I think three times in Boston because I went out before to train on it, so I feel like I know it pretty well. So I I could love talking about it. What's your favorite part of the course? Oh, favorite part. Um, I would say probably right around 22 when you finish like your hills and you have the big downhill and then it's pretty much, you know, I mean, it probably won't feel flat because you've just come off of that, but it is, it's flat. And if you're having a good day, like that's where you just start to roll. So I would say kind of those, la that last four miles, like I love it. And you're entering like the city, people are starting to go crazy. Like there's that one little um, underpass, like right at the end, which mm. can really kind of break your soul a little bit. But besides that, it is, those last four miles are really fun. You guys have never had your soul broken in a marathon, have you? <laughs> never <laughs> once, never. Um, so I know you're talking about running on effort a lot instead of pace, like not being married to that pace like you were in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But do you have goals in mind? And I'm sure you do. Or I don't know if you want to share them for Paris. Yeah. I mean, I would love to run a PR and I feel like, you know, it's been a long time coming. I know it's in there. So a great day. Like I, I get that PR, but I, I also really want to compete well. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think I want to place pretty high um, and, you know, represent the U S well. So um, I think I'll, I'll talk to my coach a little bit closer and have more of like a, I know they'll have some pacers and kind of figure out which one I go with, but, but no matter what, I think the main goal is I want to have a really good second half. So kind mm -hmm. of get through, like we said, like get through feeling good and then really kind of maybe even negative split. That would be like the dream. It's so scary to enter a race, try to negative split, but it is so <laughs> the dream, isn't it? It is. And, and I think more like, I just want to feel good that second half. And, and I think I learned a lot again from Chicago, not feeling good in that second half. So the goal this time, feel good and, and really be picking people off there. But, um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, main goal is I, I'd love to PR and yeah, place pretty well there. Okay. Here's, here's my question. I always wonder with, with the pros, how do you balance like, wanting that time but racing to race mm -hmm. you know like at the end of the day 
if you podium, that probably matters more than the PR. But like, how do you balance those two things? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny, but the, like, the races that I've kind of just been more competitive in, like the pace naturally like came mm -hmm. along. And I think when you're pushing yourself with other people around and you're trying to get the most out of yourself, you are going to run faster. Like you're being competitive. So um, for me, like really all my, my best times have kind of come from that kind of experience of, of competing more than like, you know, obsessing over the splits. So um, I really think in Paris that that's kind of the strategy we're going to go with. Um, and more so maybe that's just over the second half. Maybe you get through the first half, like kind of, you know, right on your splits. And the second half is you're like, okay, like this is time to take a little bit of a chance and, you know, start, uh, start picking it up and competing a little bit, a little bit more. How much do you look at your watch in a marathon? Honestly, I, I don't like, which is I sometimes, not really. Um, I, I, I will sometimes, uh, you know, I'll see the clocks on the, yeah. um, I'm pretty good at knowing like 5k splits, like ahead of time, what I need to be, but I don't really look at the mile splits much, mostly because the watch doesn't seem to really work in general in a marathon. So I'm more looking at the, uh, the clocks on the board and kind of keeping track of like the 5k splits. Yeah. That can mess with your mind. If you look down, you're like, what was that? What? And if it's totally off. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's this even like yesterday, I don't think I, I actually didn't look at my watch once. Um, so uh, yeah, it was more like I could see the 5k splits and you know, have a pretty good idea from there. So I can't believe that was just yesterday. I know it honestly, all the travel, it feels like it was so long ago, but it was not. <laughs> it was literally yesterday. You placed fifth at the New 20, York City Half Marathon. 24 hours ago. Oh my goodness. Um, hey, did you just buy a house? I did. Big life milestone. I finally, thanks. I, uh, yes, I, I love to move around, but I decided at the end of last year that I didn't want to move anymore. And I love Boulder and, you know, the community here. So I finally, uh, I did it and it is just a lovely hole in the ground right now, but they are putting foundation down, I think this week. So we're getting things rolling and hopefully I'll be in there by, uh, at the end of the year. That is so exciting. Is your sister going to live with you still? Yeah, she is going to, and she also got a, a little Bernie dude also. Baby Ellie is going to come to the house as well. Oh, that's awesome. When is it supposed to be done? Well, it's it's a bit up in the air, as all new builds I'm learning are, um, but hopefully by, like, November. That is the main okay. goal, So, which would be great. I could run a fall marathon and then just – my dream is run the fall marathon and then just move right in afterwards. Yes, don't work, don't be putting any moving pressure no. on your shoulders before a marathon. No, which is why I'm like, okay, November, that sounds great. For me, like, love it. So, yeah. Do you have ideas of what you'll run in the fall? You're probably not allowed to say it. I don't know. You know, I think the fall, I, I will want to do a major, um, I TBD, which one, but, um, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll do one, uh, maybe even in November. So we'll see. That's exciting. <laughs> How did you decide for your house? Like what neighborhood to be in all those things? Yeah, it was, it was kind of hard. I'm, I'm going to live in Superior, Colorado, which is, I mean, it's basically, it's Boulder County. It's 10 minutes okay. from where I live right now. But, um, um, actually my favorite trail is like right outside the house. And I ran every day on this trail and I, I'm seeing them put up these new, like beautiful townhomes. And I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to look at that and, and see if it's possible. And then I started looking, I was like, oh my gosh, I, this is where I want to live. So it was kind of funny, like through running past this, like, you know, developing neighborhood every single day, I was like, okay, this is the spot. I love to run here. Like this is a good area and it's like very up and coming. So I think, uh, I made a good choice. I hope I did. That's so, it's so smart. It's somewhere you already were going to on a very regular basis. Yeah. And, and they're kind of building a whole new downtown right there too. So 
lots of shops and things going in. So I, I think it'll be a nice area once it's all done. Oh, I love it. Okay, let's wrap up. We'll do some into podcast because you haven't been on the podcast in a while. So we'll just spring some of these on you. What is the best, most recent book you've read, Lindsay? Oh, oh, I just finished a book last week. It was called Four Winds. Um, amazing book. I don't know if you've ever read The Nightingale, but uh, same author. Um, and yeah, I just finished that. I highly, highly recommend. I have read so many of Kristen Hanna's books, and I know that The Nightingale is like the most recommended of all of them, and I have not read The Nightingale. Oh, you have to. It's so, so good. Um, have you read Four Winds? Yes, I read Four Winds like a, couple, a year or two ago. Okay. Yeah. I just finished that one. Super good. And then I'm reading another one uh, right now. I can't even remember. I brought it with me to New York, but I actually didn't open it once. So <laughs> oh, I always have very high expectations of how much I'm going to read when I travel. And it's never as much as I hoped. No, never once. And then the whole day goes by and I realize I didn't do anything. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Are you binging any good shows on, on Netflix or Hulu? Yeah, I just finished um, Inventing Anna, which was good. Um, also, what am I watching on Hulu? Oh, The Dropout. Um, is that I'm good? Um, it is pretty good. I, I think there's there's still a couple episodes left. Um, I just, I'm up to date on Ozark. I'm not sure if you watch Ozark. Uh, that's a good one. I'm trying to think what else I've been reading or watching. Um, yeah, I think those are the main ones the past couple couple weeks. I have three episodes of Inventing Anna left. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're, you're nearing the end. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. it. I loved it. And I started it without my husband. And I was like, let's, I'll rewatch the first couple episodes with you. Cause I thought he would like it. And he hate, he was like talking all this trash, but I was like, get out of here, man. <laughs> go away. I'll watch it myself. He, he said he couldn't handle her accent. It sounded too fake. And I'm like, whatever. Just see past the accent. It's a good show. So. I agree. It's so good. Um, okay, cool. Well, Lindsay, this is super fun to catch up. Yes, it was great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It was, it was fun. And, uh, yeah. Are you going to be in Boston? I don't think so. Cause I'm not running and I don't have anything scheduled work wise. So going on. And it's actually the Monday after our spring break. So we'll be getting back from a uh, spring break trip with my family. Like that Saturday. So I'm kind of like, eh. if I had something planned or scheduled, I totally would. But since it would just be kind of like for fun, mm -hmm. I don't know that what message sense. that sends. Maybe I should just go for fun. <laughs> you should. It'll be great. It would be fun to catch up there as well. Yeah. Cause you would really be chill. Like you'd just be hanging out. Yes. Like, I will be having pressure. lots of fun. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well then if I do come for Boston, you'll be, you'll be an athlete. I reach out to you. Cause I know that Yay. no pressure except for all your athletes. That's true. Just spectating obligations. So do you get nervous? Will you get nervous for like with your sister? I will. I feel like I don't really get nervous myself too much, but yeah, really? when it comes to not really, cause you know, you're like, okay, I've already done all the work now. I just need to go do it. Um, but yeah, I think when you can't control it, that's when you get more nervous kind of being, you know, on the outside watching. Let me just ask you one more question then about getting nervous. Cause I think that that's something that a lot of us struggle with. I get the whole concept of like, trust the training. I've done the training. So like, what do I have to be nervous about? I've put the work in, but I think what I get nervous about and probably a lot of other people is like, I get nervous. Like, how am I going to mentally, am I going to be mentally strong enough for this? Like, I know what I've worked my body to do, but will I give up? Will I really give it all when it's like really painful? 
Yeah, no, I totally get that. And and I, you know, I get a little anxious about that too, kind of right before, but, but again, you just kind of think back, like sometimes I think the training for the marathon can be even harder than like the race itself. So like I have endured so much, you know, in, in winter included the past like 12 weeks. So like, I know I could do it. If you're like strong enough to go out and run in like literally two degrees and, and do a session, like you're going to be just fine to, to finish that last 10 K of the marathon. So if you kind of just put it the big picture of like everything you've done to prep, like, and you just, you know, you're ready, you know? And, and again, like I said earlier, like there's always another race too. So again, just like not, not worrying too much about like the outcome of one and being like, okay, like no matter what, like, I'm just going to keep building momentum and, and get it next time. If it, this one doesn't happen. That is such good advice. I love that. I was just thinking, you know, I used to do the whole mind trick where it's like, okay, just one, three more miles to go, like one five K to go and th think about like your 5k router on your house that you do but I did that in my most recent half marathon and I was like that route seems very long right now <laughs> I actually don't even I don't like that route at all <laughs> readjust that mindset let's just get to the next mailbox <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's simple I think a lot of times also like not looking at like maybe like not obsessing over what mile you're on and being like oh my gosh, I'm at 17. I have nine to go. Just be like, no, like just take it one at a time. Like you can, you can feel so differently, like one mile to the next in a marathon. Like you just can't, can't overthink it. I think. Oh, so good. Good advice. Okay. I hope you have a restful travel and you can just chill and get yourself adjusted and we'll be cheering for you at the Paris marathon. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll get to, to catch up again soon. Okay. Sounds great, Lindsay. Yes, have a good rest of the week. Enjoy you your too. Monday. You too. <laughs> All right, bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Lindsay, for coming on the show. You guys, go follow Lindsay on Instagram and give her some love. She is Flanagan 2 on Instagram. Go cheer her on for the Paris Marathon. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hine, 626. Thanks so much for being here. Go support Christina at Koala Clip. Get yourself a Koala Clip to carry your phone in on the go and check out their new sports bras. They're so cute and comfortable. Koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right, friends. We will see you this Friday with a regularly scheduled episode. Have a great rest of your day.